Welcome back, everybody. Here we go on a Wednesday journey with you on a ridiculously windy Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. If you're on the road, please make sure your car doesn't blow away. I'm serious. I was driving and uh, a couple of gusts of wind tried to shift my ride over a lane or two on the freeway on I-10. And by the way, I'm not I don't drive a Yugo, all right? I'm not in this little uh, you know, th- this this little nothing vehicle. I've got a beautiful car, a Hyundai Santa Fe hybrid. I love it. And man, that thing shifted a little bit. I was like, wow, it's windy. It is windy outside. So yes, I'm telling you, please be careful. And by the way, if you're listening. Thank you, Southwest Baseball League, for canceling tonight's games because the last thing I want to see is a bunch of 10, 11, and 12-year-olds have to try to play baseball in this stuff. You, you just you can't do it. You can't do it. So I'm happy they made that decision earlier. And um, if you don't have to go outside, don't. Don't deal with it. And if you're on the road and you're stuck in traffic, hey, good to have you with us. Appreciate that. Appreciate you giving us a little time today on the show. Along with Adrian Broaddus, Steve Kaplowitz with you here on Sports Talk. It's going to be a fun one today. we got a lot to do. Jaffe will be with us talking baseball and beer. The aforementioned Jay Jaffe coming up in about 15 minutes or so from now. Spring training is here. We've got lots of baseball to talk about with Jay. Then at 5 o'clock, Kurt Gross is going to join us from Powerball Bat Company. So I'm looking forward to that. And in our 6 o'clock hour, as if the fun is not enough for the first two hours, we are going to talk about a subject I love. Um, And it is a non-sports subject. And I'm excited because we're going to talk tequila in our final hour of the show with Crystal Myrick. She is the brand ambassador for El Pedro Grande Tequila, made right here in El Paso. One of our Super Bowl sponsors on our broadcast a few weeks ago. So Crystal's going to be dropping in in our 6 o'clock hour to tell us all about El Paso's newest tequila, El Pedro Grande. Super excited about today's show, Agent. And before you know it, it's 7 o'clock. We're out of here. We get to drive home in this mess and then uh, get ready uh, to wrap up the night and to start it all over again tomorrow. That's exactly right, Steve. By the way, um, El Pedro Grande in that segment, I wonder if Foss will make an appearance. I, I'm I'm betting he doesn't, but I'm sure he would love to because that was his favorite ad to read out during the Super Bowl. He would laugh every time. Uh, so you just saying that right there made me think of Foss. And I'm excited for all our guests today, especially uh, seeing Kurt back in the studio with us from Powerball Bats and uh, uh, a little baseball talk coming up with Jay. By the way, we only have 30 minutes tomorrow. Because of UTEP. So there's really like no show tomorrow. I mean, yeah, we'll make a cameo at four. Essentially, like we, we get on the air, we say hello to you, and then we get off. It's as simple as that. We're going to probably have John Teicher on pretty early in the show. In fact, maybe John will be with us the whole show. Might as well have him join the fun because when you've got 30 minutes of sports radio, you might, we might as well just have John, uh, John join us the whole time. Let's see if we can message him and he'll be with us for the 30-minute th- the show tomorrow. 
That sounds like a great plan. I would also say this uh, for tomorrow. I know a lot of minor fans are a little down on this team. They've lost seven of their last eight. They just got swept at home uh, against two of the top teams in the conference or top three teams in the league with uh, UAB and North Texas. But tomorrow they have a really good chance to win. And I think that will be uh, interesting for minor fans who are still clinging on to some hope, uh, expecting this team to play well through the final stretch of the season as they get ready for the Conference USA Tournament. That's all tomorrow. You're right. So um, just remember, 4.30 countdown to tip-off, 5 o'clock, UTEP FIU tomorrow with John Teicher calling the action right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. So we got a busy, uh, busy day today because really very little show tomorrow. And then Friday, Adrian's off. So if you want Adrian, it's really today and minor talk tomorrow, and that's it. Because he'll be uh, he'll be tra- you know leaving town for a wedding right. that he's going to be in. You told me twenty twenty three will be the year of weddings for you. That's right. No uh, travels, no trip planned uh, so far, like for fun. Uh, but I have four weddings I've already planned out this year. So there's this one, there's one in May, there's one in uh, October, there's one in December. Yeah, it's it's crazy. This is the year of weddings. Uh, it's that kind of time, uh, you know, I'm in that age range right now. Where yeah, your friends are getting of, married. Exactly. A lot of my friends, you know, 25 through 35, they're all getting married right now. And so it's cool. Uh, I'm a, actually a groomsman in this wedding. Congratulations. So thank you. I'm really excited. He was a groomsman in mine. So this would be a lot of fun. It's a friend that I've known for pretty much my whole life do you have a lot of 35 year old friends i thought mostly your <laughs> friends are all in the younger uh, yeah. 25 range I, I should say uh yeah let me correct that um i'm probably the 24 to about 30 yeah 24 to 30 24 to 30 yeah 24 okay. to 30 that that's that's fair maybe a little younger and by the way don't try to say that you're not having like any fun trips planned because weddings are fun yes especially weddings that you're in are going to be more fun so, um, will your wife be going with you on this trip? Yes, she's uh, she's definitely uh, coming along with us, and she's a good friend as well. So, where this is this is wedding? This is going to be in Fort Worth. So, does that mean that it'll be Sal and Zay doing uh, minor talk on Saturday? That's exactly right. Uh, they'll be back in action Saturday. It's a noon tip off for that one. So, FAU, uh, F- FAU at. 12 noon here local time. I was trying to swing it on my side, although uh, the wedding starts at 4, and I think uh, I'd be cutting it a little close. I'll probably call in. I'll make an, I'll make an appearance. You think you do a little cameo? Definitely. I'll, I'll follow along with the game. I just didn't want to you know, cut minor talk short in case there's some kind of crazy upset. Mm. Uh, I was just thinking that. I was thinking nine steps ahead, although it's probably not going to be the case. We'll nah. see. Well, you never know. You never, you never know. know. So uh, that's all going to be this weekend. So, so, so Friday, I'll be on with Jason Craig, and then Lane Frank will drop into the studios at 5 on Friday. And Lane will uh, will spend some time with us on Friday talking sports. I'm excited about our weekly chat with Lane and uh, excited that we've got uh, River Oaks Properties to make this whole thing possible for us every week. That is terrific. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm so happy. I mean, hey, I am still hearing feedback regarding Lane Frank's appearance along with UTEP Zay hosting the show uh, here la- you know, a couple weeks ago while we were out at Super Bowl Radio Row. Uh, love the story. Love the photos. Uh, El Paso Inc. did a phenomenal job. They did. And I'm super happy that we're still getting feedback on this. Yeah, I'm with you on that one completely. So uh, that's all today, the rest of the week, and, and what we have in store for you between now and, uh, and Friday. So now you have an idea. We can make plans. And, and we can do this. Um, I keep getting messages from buddies congratulating me on Derek Carr. And number one, he has not signed with the Jets, 
And number two, if he does, I will not, and let me repeat this, will not be purchasing a Derek Carr Jets jersey. That simply will not happen. Don't blame you whatsoever. My question to you is, if the front office or the ownership or whoever pushes for Derek Carr, are you out? Do you want to change again? Do you want another reset in what this franchise does? I will take Derek Carr over Zach Wilson, but I will not be happy. Because as a Jets fan, I do not believe they are a Derek Carr away from being a AFC East playoff team. I just don't see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll get good Derek Carr. Maybe we'll get, you know, uh, pre-2021 Derek Carr. It's possible. But what I've seen the last couple of years and my good buddies that are Raiders fans congratulating me that he is no longer a Raider and, and also wishing that I, I don't have to um, experience what they've experienced the last couple of years does not get me excited one bit. But... You know, the Jets' ownership apparently has pitched the idea that if Carr signs with the Jets uh, and they win a Super Bowl, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That is the that, that is the greatest sales pitch I've ever heard. It really is. Um, I, I just don't know in what reality that is. I feel like there are, as you know, alternate realities in the Marvel uh, the Marvel comic universe. And in some alternate reality, that pitch could hold true. Just not in this reality as a long-suffering Jets fan who just does not believe in uh, Derek Carr as the answer. You know, another thing that we haven't mentioned is Derek Carr would be way way better suited in the NFC because the NFC, the path to actually having some success is there. The, who, who's the best quarterback in the NFC right now who's going to be back next year for sure? Jalen Hurts? I mean, Aaron Rodgers, if he stays, that's really it. He's I mean, not staying. And exactly. He's not going to stay. There's no quarterback competition across the NFC now that Tom Brady has retired, now that there's been kind of a shift in powers, and we've seen uh, all these different quarterbacks kind of switch over the AFC is loaded and if you think if the New York Jets think that they can win the AFC and have success in the postseason with Derek Carr knowing that you're having to go against Josh Allen twice in a season you'd have to go through Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert some of the greatest uh, quarterbacks we're seeing in the league why why, are we, why would you think that Derek Carr is the right route I would rather pay less for Jimmy Garoppolo or Ryan Tannehill and go that route versus overspending on Derek Carr and being locked in on this big deal I could not agree with you more couldn't agree with you more I don't know what they're doing well, yeah, I do. They're a terrible organization. They're badly run. This is what happens. This is what happens. There's, there's like, a, look at every team in the NFC South. Every team in the NFC South could use Derek Carr right now, and they could probably be the contender to win the division. The Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints, the Bucks. they all need a quarterback. Those would be ideal landing spots for Derek Carr. And I, I think, you know, he, he uh, Derek Carr visited with the New Orleans Saints. They wanted him to take a pay cut. He didn't agree to that. But maybe that those conversations uh, get reengaged at some point. Who Why knows? take a pay cut when the Jets will overpay? Exactly. There's going to be, a, if it's not the Jets, there'll be other teams out there who will overpay. And by the way, I'm assuming that any minute now, Aaron Rodgers should be leaving his darkness retreat and coming back into daylight at some point, you know, and I can't wait 
to hear what he has to tell Pat McAfee about what this was like for him and hopefully gets close to making a decision one way or another. You know, I've been seeing a lot of rumors lately of him returning. And I'm to curious. Green Bay? Yes, to Green Bay, which is the contra- you know, that's so contradictory to everything we've read over the offseason about them want the ownership wanting to trade Aaron Rodgers, move on from him, finally get uh with the uh Jordan Love era now and and see what you have in a young quarterback like him and just move on from Rodgers, see if you can cash out now. But I'm starting to see over the past couple days, I don't know if they have any sort of information, but um seeing things on ESPN, seeing things on social media where people are quite questioning if Aaron Rodgers could return, knowing that the front office is opening to restructuring deals with a lot of their current players. It's fascinating to me. It really is. So, again, these are the topics. These are the things we're talking about here today. Uh, But when we come back, spring training is here. Games start in two days. Two days, everybody. Jay Jaffe will talk baseball. He will talk a little beer. And we'll get that conversation going. You want in? All you got to do is tweet us, 600 ESPN El Paso. Let us know what topic you'd like us to bring up for Jay, and we will pass it along during our weekly chat. But first, let's go to Charlie 1. Hopefully Charlie is not blowing away in this wind, but can give us an update on what is happening right now with our streets and highways in El Paso. Charlie, how is it looking in the Metroplex? 20 past as we continue here on Sports Talk. Again, if you've got any questions for Jay Jaffe, there's ways to do it. You can either call off air and tell Adrian, and he'll let, let us know. Uh, that's 505-6009. You can also tweet us at 600 ESPN El Paso and tag Jay if you want. That's at J underscore Jaffe. Or message us on our mobile app powered by First American Bank. Those are the three ways to do it. Super excited about it. As we welcome back to the show, the aforementioned Jay Jaffe. What's going on, my man? How are you? I'm good. How you doing? Uh, baseball's back. I'm doing well, Jay. I've got injuries and all sorts of other things, contract situations. It's the usual uh, business when you're dealing with late February, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, you wrote about some of those things earlier. Let's talk about, uh, first off, the Manny Machado situation. Opting out may not be Manny's best move. You put that up today at Vangrafts.com. Were you surprised that he already told people he's going to be opting out and didn't even, you know, he didn't even make any, you know, any hide his feelings? No, I, you know, I look, this is, this is a business. He's, you know, he's, he had that uh, clause put into his contract, um, you know, anticipating that, that it might be useful. Um, I think for his, for his purposes, it's probably, um, Maybe off by a year, he he would have been better off if he could have opted out this year because he's coming off of a career a career year. Um, he's going to be 31 when he hits the market if he does uh, go through with this. And um, the market, I think, has gotten a little less kind to players over 30, unless you're Aaron Judge. So um, you know, it's it's uh, uh, it'll be a gamble. He hasn't, you know, he's basically all he's done is is announce his intention to opt out. He mm-hmm. doesn't have to officially do anything till after the season because he's under contract to the Padres for this year. But if he can you imagine how weird it would be if Manny Machado had a down year and then decides, you know what, I've changed my mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in and keep collecting. It'd be a be a really awkward look, don't you think? Well, you know, it it might be, but I mean at the same time it's it's still um within you know with within uh the the realm of possibility. I think 
you know you want to you want to hit the market when you know when you're when you are presenting your best uh, uh, case to be paid a lot a lot of money and if you can't do that well it, may, it might not make sense um, you know and and he does have that as an insurance I mean look I, we'd all like to have five years and 150 million dollars as a baseline for for how well we could do uh, uh, here he's uh, he's earned that um, I just don't think he's going to get. Uh, a whole lot more than that, unless it's maybe another year tacked on, which you know that's not uh, that's not hey, but uh, um, it might be hard to get the Padres to to uh, to re up their commitment on on uh, substantially. By the way, the Padres uh, were rumored to have uh, at least wanted to tack on five years and like what was it like about a hundred and um, was it like a hundred and fifty more or one oh five? Hundred five million. Okay, hundred and five. Hundred and five, which is you know it's a lot of money, but it, I think if he was looking to get another three hundred million dollars, it's not that's not it's not that. Uh, it would it would lower the average annual value of his contract, which you know uh, works better for them as far as tax purposes go. Uh, maybe a little bit of a, a blow to the ego if, he, if he's trying to become uh, the top, the highest paid third baseman in the game, or or at least the second highest, uh, past Nolan Arenado's thirty-two and a half million per year. Um, you know, it's not really clear what the motivations are here. Um, he he's only said so much, but uh, um, you know, a lot of times guys feel, you know, when they when they do hit the market, they've got, you know. They've got to set some kind of salary uh, milestone, uh, you know, to help players down the road. When was the last time a player opted out in the in spring training, had a down season, and then changed his mind and decided he was going to keep the money and and stay in? Has that has that ever happened before, or would that be unprecedented? Well, I can't I can't think of many times because there's, it's very rare for a player to declare that he's going to opt out this far ahead of time. I mean, again, he hasn't officially opted out. He's only declared his intention to. True, um, true. And kind of, you know, and that that, based, that that was based on the fact that he had told the Padres he wanted to have an extension in place by the time camp opened or he was going to stop negotiating. Um, and they only made him that one offer. So, yep. you know, he doesn't want that to be a distraction. Of course, it is going to be a distraction, but maybe not so much for uh, beyond the next few days here. Um, as he answers the questions about it, because if he's not negotiating during the, during the season, there's not a lot to talk about. So let me ask you this. I'm going to throw this one at you, okay? They, they've already spent a fortune on Tatis, and they've, they've, they haven't exactly been skimping on Manny Machado either. Can this, mm-hmm. can this team afford to hand out three, three to $400 million contracts and pay um, you know, Machado, Soto, and Tatis huge dollars forgot, over the next 10 years? You forgot Bogarts. Oh, and Bogarts, Bogarts. That's right. Yeah. Bogarts. I mean, yeah. you know, look, can they afford it? I don't know. I'm not looking at their balance sheet. Um, you know, they can afford it by, you know, the same way anybody can afford it. It's not gonna, you're not going to turn as big a profit if you do it. Um, but there's a lot of money flowing around in baseball right now, and uh, um you know, winning winning does paper over a lot of those uh, uh, a lot of those expenditures, and I think um, you know Peter Seidler, the owner of the Padres, is putting winning first. He's not he's he's not uh, out here like um, the Pirates owners or the Reds owners saying we don't have the money to do this. He's saying let's let's build a winner, and and you know I think if you're if you're a Padres fan, you have to be happy about that, regardless of what happens with the Machado situation. I mean, he's shown that you know the, they've shown. They're willing to go out and spend big money to get to get great players, and that's uh, uh, certainly goes a long way towards 
towards winning. Refreshing. It's refreshing when a when a franchise that historically has been cheap and um, you know never committed to anything uh, special. It started with Eric Hosmer, then Will Myers, then Machado, and it's just kept growing from there. And you're right. I, I give the Padres a lot of credit because you know what? You wish every franchise could start doing what what they've been doing. Yeah, and you hear you know you hear a few more owners talking like that. Like that. Obviously, Steve Cohen. Uh, has been doing similar things for the Mets, and when we heard John Middleton of the Phillies chime in uh, about that uh, uh, this this past week as well, I mean it's you know there there are owners who are motivated first to win, and and uh, um, they're not going to sit here and uh, um, come up with excuses for for how they can't afford uh, you know to to sign a big star. True, um, this news broke uh, also today. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. says he will miss opening day because of a strained muscle in his pitching arm. Now, think about this for a second, Jay. Here's a guy that missed the first four and a half months of last season because he had an injury to his right flexor pronator, and uh, now he said he noticed soreness after a bullpen session last week, had the MRI last night, told reporters today it showed no structural damage to his elbow, but it will delay his start. Try, it's, it's difficult because, you know, here's a guy that was very good in 2021, missed 2020 because of uh, Tommy John, and, you know, is just one of those guys that is it's hard to stay healthy right now. He's never been really very healthy. He's never made uh, more than 28 starts in a season. He's only one time even gotten uh, past 22 starts in a season. Um, that was 2021. He's... Uh, um, always been pretty injury prone but he's always been very good when he's pitched uh you know career ERA of of, of 348 that's uh um about 16% better than the league average um you know the Astros they they're built to uh uh withstand this kind of thing they've got uh, a lot of options in their rotation which is entirely homegrown now that Justin Verlander's left by the way um you know they've uh they, they've got uh uh, I mean, they won a World Series with with these guys here, like Framber Valdez and, and Christian Javier and uh, Luis Garcia. So, you know, they'll bide their time and, and hope that uh, uh, McCullers heals uh, uh, in a timely fashion, and uh, they'll they'll take what they can get out of him. Another tough injury uh, is Frankie Montas, who won't start throwing now until at least late May, if not later, because of right shoulder surgery, which he had, and now the Yankees are hoping for a second-half return. Yeah, the um, I think they got good news uh, in that they didn't have to touch the rotator cuff when it came to the surgery. They did, uh, I think, uh, um, you know, they scoped him, and uh, uh, the the thinking was is that if you know if it was extensive damage that they had to repair, he was going to miss the season. But uh, this sounds like it's relatively minimal, and, and uh, uh, they're saying he can throw in twelve weeks. So um, they'll look towards a late season return. Uh, again, you know the Yankees have a lot of depth here. Uh, they always seem to be able to come up with uh, uh, pitching in their pipeline as well. Um, you know they'll they'll try to work through this and bide their time and hope that um, Montes can can help them uh, late in the season. Jay, uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more uh, baseball with you. Get your beer pick of the week at the end of the segment as well uh, as Sports Talk continues. Already a question for Jay on Twitter. We'll ask that uh, in just a few. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. 
Hey, thank you very much. We're back with uh, Jay Jaffe, who talks baseball with us every week from Fangraphs.com. He's got a new story out about Manny Machado. You want to read that, plus his Fangraphs chat. Uh, a good one also on um, uh, Corbin Burns, as well as uh, Frankie Montas. It's all up right now at uh, Fangraphs.com as we continue. Uh, thoughts and reactions on the news that Aaron Judge uh, could be moved to left field uh, if it suits the Yankees lineup. Yeah, I don't think this is a big deal. I mean, Judge spent most of last season in center field. Um, the, what the, the thinking here is that left field in Yankee Stadium uh, is almost requires a center field uh, like ability to cover defensively. It's a it's a big left field because of the asymmetry of the of the outfield. Um, the idea is that uh, if Judge can play center field, he could probably also play left field uh, in, instead of center field, and uh, and uh, Giancarlo Stanton can play right field, which takes uh, uh, a little less ground to cover for him, and uh, uh, he's got uh, you know some physical concerns. So I think this this makes uh, some sense here. You know, it, it'll be a little bit of a learning process for Judge uh, because the ball spins uh, differently when you know off the bat when you're uh, in left rather than in right. But uh, I think he should be able to adapt to this, and uh, um, it could help uh, keep Stanton in the lineup and maybe help keep his legs a little bit more fresh. He seems to benefit from playing the outfield more, um, keeping himself in the game and and. Uh, uh, moving around, I don't think he likes the DH, uh, uh, the DH only lifestyle as much as some do. Adolfo messages uh, Sports Talk on Twitter and sends us this tweet: Jay, do you think the Braves will extend Max Freed before free agency? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, they've done very well at locking up their uh, their young position players. Freed, I believe, has just one more year before. Uh, hitting free agency, he's already getting pretty expensive, and he's been going year to year in arbitration. I get the sense that he doesn't—he's not really looking for an extension, and maybe that uh, um, the uh, the Braves aren't either. I mean, they've been pretty cautious when it comes to signing their pitchers. Um, they do have Spencer Strider locked into a long-term uh, extension right now, um, but uh, you know they—they've they've, uh, uh, steered clear on some of these uh, some of these other pitchers, these young pitchers so far, and you know we've seen. Uh, them kind of come and go. I think mean, Ian Anderson being a, a good example here. Um, you know, he finished last season in the minors. He was so ineffective when after being, um, you know, a, a postseason hero the year before. So um, it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of money right now. You're going to be paying, you know, big $100 million plus if you're going to get an extension out of Max Fried because right now, one year away from free agency, he doesn't have uh, much incentive uh, not to wait. Very true. Um, in five years, will we get a Jay Jaffe Hall of Fame essay on Jason Kipnis, who announced his <laughs> retirement this week? Uh, I don't think so. He had a few good years there, and boy, you know, there was a couple years there where he was one of the best second basemen in the game. But uh, like many second basemen, he fell apart pretty quickly, and um, you know, became something of an afterthought. But I know. Um, you know, he was a big part of that 2016 team that came just agonizingly close uh, to winning instead of the Cubs. And uh, um, I'm sure he'll be remembered finally in Cleveland. Hey, this will be a fun season for the Tigers because Miguel Cabrera has already said this will be his final year in baseball. And here's a guy that's a no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer to Cooperstown. So I'm excited that uh, Cabrera is winding it up, but at least has kind of told everybody this will be it. 
Yeah, I mean he's he's you know he's hit some milestones the last couple of years, but boy, he's not the same hitter as he was. I hope he can find the fountain of youth the way Albert Pujols did uh, uh, here at his last lap around the league. But uh, um, you know, Miggy just hasn't been the same hitter for the last few years, and it's been a little tough to watch. I hope though that uh, he enjoys himself here on on his last go around and can help the players uh, uh, by mentoring some of the younger players. What do you have coming up this week uh, at Fangraphs.com, Jay? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I am light on content right now here. Uh, not sure really what's next um, uh, for me here. I kind of emptied the tank on this Machado and Burns idea, and uh, we've got our top 100 prospects in effect right now. Um, that's taking up a lot of room on the site. So I don't know what I've got yet here. There was a good story a couple of days ago about Shohei Otani's agent who said he'd be willing to negotiate with the Angels this spring, but Shohei has the right to explore free agency. That could be a fun one if you want to get, you know, go and, and tackle the the Otani free agency from Boy, the agency. that's a, you know, he's such an unprecedented player. It's tough to it's tough to imagine. I mean, you know, what just pick the pick the top of the top of the line salary and figure he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's a good way to that's a good way to do it. Hey, your essay could be like 250 words instead of 2500 words. Look at it that way. Yeah, that be good. that that would be nice. Uh, wrap it up. Beer pick of the week. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Jay? Okay, this one here. Um, I was. Uh, I, I've been spending a, a fair amount of time in uh, Dumbo, which is down underneath the Manhattan Bridge uh, in Brooklyn, here by the East River. Um, I, I take my daughter to an art class every Wednesday after school, uh, and down there they have a, a fairly new tap room uh, from Evil Twin Brewing, uh, which I had never been to before this past weekend. And uh, I didn't have time to to go sit around and drink a beer, but I did check out their cold case and brought home a few uh, uh, a few beers from their greenhouse series. Um, this was uh, the one the one that I'm profiling today. This is their greenhouse hoppy pills, uh, which is conditioned in an, on American oak uh, foodra, which is uh, basically it's 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 in an, o- an aged oak barrel and uh, gives it a little bit of a kind of a, a you know a, a secondary oaky flavor. Uh, this is a dry hop pilsner that with uh, Citra and Simcoe. Uh, I found it really nice and drinkable. Only five percent ABV. Uh, it went down very easily. I also tried their their uh, uh, Schwarz beer and uh, um, a, uh, a Hellas Lager as well that were equally good. Meanwhile, Citra and Simcoe are, are pretty popular these days. You're seeing a, a lot of of beers using those. Uh, is it surprising to see uh, Pilsners go in that direction? Since most of the times it's IPAs that go for uh, Citra and Simcoe. Yeah, we've seen we've seen some hoppy Pilsners here in the last several years. Um, you know, they pop up, and they're I think they're 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 fairly sim- they're fairly simply hopped compared to um, you know the. Uh, uh, the the newfangled hops that are going into some of the IPAs, to get the creamier heads. Um, we're seeing you know a reliance more on um, the hops that are used for uh, the more typical West Coast style IPAs rather than the East Coast or New England style IPAs. All right. Well, listen, uh, I like their beers. They're pretty creative. The cans look like fun. And uh, if they're as good as the one you described, uh, sounds like Evil Twin Brewing is definitely a, a winner uh, in our book. So well oh, yeah, done, definitely. Jay. Well done. We'll talk, we'll talk to you again next Wednesday. Thanks for the time. All right. Take care. Jay Jaffe, as we continue here on Sports Talk, 20 in front of five. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour one, still to come, 
Kurt Gross from Powerable Bat Company. It's spring training, baseball's in the air, which means Kurt will give us the latest and let us know what's going on with Powerable. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 48 past the hour. 505-6009. We do a little... Uh, more baseball conversation with our good pal Kirk Gross from Powerball Bat Company coming up in our 5 o'clock hour. Then El Pedro Grande Tequila in our 6 o'clock hour. You'll learn about El Paso's newest tequila, the story behind their um, award-winning product and how quickly it's caught on here in the Sun City. So excited about that. They were one of our uh, sponsors uh, on our, our trip to Radio Row. And uh, looking forward to really having a chance to talk to them uh, in our 6 o'clock hour, Adrian. That's going to be a lot of fun in itself. Um, Meanwhile, you know, we've got uh, a lot to cover uh, between now and then. We mentioned it earlier. We're only going to be here till um, uh, 4.30 tomorrow because we've got Utah basketball. You're going to be gone on Friday. So, hey, if there was ever a time to to pick your brain, this is it right now, right? This is the time at 505-6009. That's right. There's a lot of also a lot of great sports coming up. Uh, college basketball is really heating up right now. In fact, El Pasoan Tristan Newton and number 18 UConn they're going up against number 20 Providence right now uh, in a very good Big East matchup tonight. So something to keep an eye out to watch the Burgess standout Tristan Newton. He's been balling out for UConn this entire year, and that game's going on right now, along with a lot of other great games scheduled for tonight uh, for some college hoops. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, uh, meanwhile, how about the news that uh, the 2023 Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Friday, December 29th at noon, not the 30th, not the 31st, but the 29th of December. Yes, I saw this. Uh, very interesting. They're sticking with that Friday model. Maybe it works for them at the on that day. Uh, for the city of El Paso, I feel like Friday is usually pretty solid. And if you're going to keep it at that noon kickoff or that or that earlier kickoff, um, I feel like doing it Friday could pretty uh, you know work uh, pretty well for the city of El Paso, don't you? Well, let's put it this way, okay? Um, if the NFL is playing on the 30th and 31st, which they probably are, you don't want to have to compete with that. You just don't. and Or maybe the semifinals will be playing right. on the 30th of, uh, of December, and you don't want to compete with that either. Right, because it makes more sense for the college football playoff to be played Saturday, December 30th, versus the 31st. That's New Year's Eve. That's a Sunday. You'd compete with NFL on that day uh, and, of course, New Year's. Uh, so, yeah, a lot going on that day. Yeah, there is. There, there absolutely is. So, you know, it's, again – um, something we've talked about. I, I thought the Friday game was terrific last, for, you know, last time around. Um, you know, there. I, I know people have to work on Friday. I get that, but um, the crowd was solid. Um, for those of you that don't have to work, it's it is nice to to get out there and you know enjoy what uh, will most likely be a four day weekend because you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, that's perfect, right? Four-day weekend. I like how you're thinking there, Steve. I think that's an excellent mind uh, mindset right there going into it, uh, and also for the new year. So I feel like it's just easier to do it the Friday before you're not competing with anything. And, yeah, there will be other bowl games going on at that time, but you might be the scheduled marquee matchup for all you know that Friday. It could very well be the case. I love that. 
Adrian, um, we just got our filters changed uh, from Clean Water of El Paso a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, when you get the, the water system, you do it every 18 months, so about a year and a half. We've seen a huge difference just out of the gate. Um, we love our water to begin with, but the filters uh, are, are, are essential. And the nicest thing about uh, the system you have, the system I have, is so little maintenance. Think about that. You change your filters every year and a half. Other than that, you buy salt, and that's it, and you get to enjoy d- uh, delicious water. Right, and I didn't know any of, uh, of this about you know three months ago, six months ago, until I met John and everybody from the Clean Water of El Paso crew, and it's just great to see what they do for all the people here in El Paso, not only making sure your water is safe when you drink it, but also, like you mentioned, the self-maintenance part in Clean Water of El Paso. Clean Water Systems use uh, great technology that actually makes it easy to to maintain all this. All the systems come with self-cleaning scheduling features, so you don't have to worry about setting a schedule to kind of clean this up. There's zero maintenance right here for Clean Water of El Paso, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, the best part about it, you could schedule your free water analysis just like we did, and get started online, cleanwaterofelpaso.com or call them, 915-856-0059. That number again is 915-856-0059. For Clean Water of El Paso. Great stuff, Adrian, as we uh, wrap up the hour with Gator Richard, who joins us from the east side of town. Go Gators! How are you? Hey, how's it going, Steve? Thanks for taking the call. Sure thing, Richard. What's happening? Go Gators! Hey, I I wanted to call and ask you if you even understood what NIL was. I I do, yes. I become way too um, well-versed in the subject. It's name, image, likeness, and because of it and what it's doing around college sports, yeah, I become pretty... uh, Pretty good at it. Okay, because the other, I'll say last week even, you were saying it again that, you know, UTEP should buy some players and bring them in with NIL. But that that that's, is not what NIL, that's not the intent. No, it's not NIL. the intent. But what, but, what's, but what it's turned into is that. I mean, you're right. NIL was for players to profit on their name, image, and likeness. But the NCAA kept it so loose and so vague, they've essentially empowered athletes to get paid when they go to school. That's, 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 you're right. The purpose of NIL is not, it should not be what it's turned into, but the reality is it's, it's exactly that. Well, because if you're using um, SMU as, as an example, where, where they put it out there, Hey, every football player is going to get thirty six k because of nil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aren't those the same dipsticks that death penalty? The kiss of death. Yep, yep. But those okay. dipsticks, but those dipsticks can do that now because that's that's what everybody else is doing. You know, some guys are making not, seven not, figure not every, nil but deals. The, but the school, the schools don't put it out like that. Like. Come to our school. We'll pay pay every player thirty six thousand dollars. Well, they're like, they're not like supposed to because the schools are not supposed to be connected with NILs, even though they can use it. Exactly, they're not supposed. To, it's just it's it's so frustrating, now, man. So now, frustrating. I mean, if you're that if you're that one percent of guy that say saves a kid from drowning, and and the local business says that's the kind of face I want to represent my business in a commercial, say, okay, mm-hmm. then they can pay them to, you know, come in and say, hey, here's the lifesaver hero, you know, we're heroes too at, you know, Acme roofing or whatever. 
We're not seeing that too. You know, especially in El Paso. Have you seen all the Utah basketball players on commercials right now in El Paso? Those are NIL deals. Okay. That's what well, you're supposed to be doing. But right. what you're supposed to be doing, Richard, and what they're actually doing are two totally different things. Totally different. And unfortunately, I'm out of time. I wish I could spend more on you this with you because it's a great subject, but we'll have to continue this later in the week. But I appreciate the call. All right. Hour two. We'll come back with more in a moment. Kirk Gross with us from Powerball Bat Company as Sports Talk continues. Back here on Sports Talk, hour number two is underway. Along with Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. It is Ash Wednesday, and our next guest um, has, in fact, continued the uh, tradition during Ash Wednesday. In fact, Pinky just messaged us earlier in the hour and said, Ash Wednesday, man. Being the Catholic that I am, got to go get ashes later today. Only time leaving the house. Looking forward to the Socorro ISD baseball tournament Thursday through Saturday. Games at all SISD High School and Southwest University Park. 22 schools from the Southwest region go Socorro Bulldogs. That's from Pinky in Santa Teresa. Well, got to tell you something. Somebody else went and got ashes. And that's Kurt Gross from Powerball Bat Company who joins us here on uh, Sports Talk. Welcome back. Good to see you, and uh, thanks for dropping by. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's baseball season. It's yes. glad to be back. Spring training, man. Baseball's here. It's uh, Football just ended a couple of weeks ago, and now uh, we got games starting on Friday. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Best time of the year by far, and this year is going to be crazy. With It's always fun in, in spring training, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, when they report and players report. Um, but then you combine that with uh, college basketball, and now we have WBC all happening at the same time. It's going to be an awesome march, that's for sure. Uh, catch us up on the latest at Power Bowl and what's been going on with you uh, here to start the year. Yeah, well, we've got some exciting news today, and we, uh, although we've been telling our players and telling the ball clubs uh, that we work with uh, about the news, uh, but in early January, Power Bowl Back Company here in El Paso was acquired by a company called Overfly Sports. Hey, congratulations. Thank That's, you. That, Thank that is you. cool Thank news. You. Thank you. It's it's something that we actually had had to do um, just with the growth of, of Powerball and what we were able to, to do here in El Paso. Um, it, you know, Overfly is a is an emerging brand, too. They actually started the same year we did. Um, so it's a, a really good, good fit for us. Uh, people may know the Overfly brand because they're – Biggest hitter is a guy named Manny Machado that some some of your listeners may know of. No, nobody's ever heard of Manny Machado. Yeah, I mean, never heard a, of him. He's an up and coming guy, but maybe one of these days he'll break through. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've got questions. First yeah. off, was Powerball on the market for a while, or is this something that just kind of, uh, you know, pardon the pun, came out of left field for you? Yeah. No, it it was something that we started thinking about um, as the season was kind of winding down last year. And the reason we've always been told um, from clubbies, different people within baseball, that if you can make it four years, you're golden. You'll be just fine. And this was our fourth year, but we also had COVID in there that really, you know, put a a wrinkle in things. So um, we knew and we we knew the growth that we we were experiencing, um, but we had no idea what was going to happen this offseason. And that's when things just really exploded. So we had players who I've never even talked to. Um, no one within Powerball had talked to them. All of a sudden, and, and these are MLB guys, guys on 40-man rosters who are um, were getting orders uh, from clubbies, and we've never even talked to them. Uh, but they had swung bats from other guys that we work with, and 
and love what we're doing and wanted to be part of the the movement. So um, we knew that growth was was coming and it was it was time just to be able to to handle all the volume. Is it bittersweet in the sense that Powerball is kind of like your baby along with your partners, but uh, it's been your labor of love, probably the the, the hardest part-time job you've ever had in your life, because it's not your main job, but it's yeah. your part-time job, at least yeah. for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I mean, you've seen it grow. So yeah. as you've watched more and more big leaguers and minor league players use that bat, and now, as you mentioned, overfly is is now going to be your uh, your passion here in El Paso. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it is to a certain extent. Um, I think the, the main thing, you, you're right, it's not my... My uh, main job, I guess I should say, it's definitely not a part-time job because I think I work two full-time jobs. Um, but it it is a little bittersweet. But I do think that um, the main thing is that this positions us for long-term success, for okay. sure. Okay. Well, that's listen. That is that is good news, and that's what we want to hear. And tell us a little bit about Overfly. So they started the same year as you. Where are they headquartered out of? Yeah. So Overfly. Um, I met the the guys from Overfly, Alex Villarreal, my my partner, uh, up in Wisconsin when we had to go to the MLB mandated uh, wood training and classes and all of that. So uh, I was familiar with Overfly, um, and as a small uh, smaller bat manufacturer, you know we talk pretty often just about things that we see in the industry. So I've known Alex and the team at Overfly for a long time, um, and it was just kind of weird, the, the timing of everything, because we were actually approached by another bat company as well, right at the same time in the middle of these negotiations. And... Um, turned them down, and and we knew that Overfly was a great fit for us. Wow. Isn't it nice, though, when you have the ability to have multiple offers and you can actually say no to one and yes to the other? Uh, it, it Yes, it's nice, but at the same time, it, it was nerve-wracking. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was it was a crazy time uh, in our lives, for sure. Um, but at the same time, I, I knew that they were the right fit. Just everything just kind of um, fell into place very nice. Kurt, I see that on their Instagram page, Overfly Sports has already talked about the breaking news about how they're expanding to El Paso and uh, you know joining the joining um, forces with you all at Powerball Bats. Uh, one of the cool things that they write is that they will be the only multi-country manufacturing operation for professional wood bats. What's it like knowing that they're in, in kind of a binational community, and you know we are here in our, uh, a very binational community here in El Paso. Yeah, it's, it, it really is just one of the other things that, that just was a natural fit for us. So, Steve, you asked where, the, where are they based out of. They're based out of Los Mochis, Mexico. Um, they have a big operation there. To put things into perspective, we do about 2,700 bats a year here out of our El Paso shop. Um, and it's a smaller operation for sure. They do about 27,000 bats uh, a year. Um, and so it's while they certainly make more bats than we do, uh, we actually had more MLB players swinging our bats than than Overfly at the time of the merger. But since um, we were telling clubbies, since we were telling players, things just really took off like crazy. And like I said, we're getting orders <laughs> out of left field for sure. I believe it, and that's that's great for you. And 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 on the Overfly Sports website. I've noticed that um, they also have an office in La Jolla. So La Jolla, California, El Paso, Texas, and in Mexico. Yeah. We'll probably close things down in in La Jolla. That was an office uh, to have a presence in the United States. It wasn't a manufacturing plant. 
but it was a business office. So um, like, uh, like Adrian just said, you know, now we are literally manufacturing ProBats in two countries and uh, in Mexico, here in the U.S., um, El Paso is really, really important to us. As you know, our shop is just down the, the hill from the El Paso Chihuahuas. That's so right. we have a lot of pro guys that come through when they're coming through El Paso, either to play the Chihuahuas and that or driving through I-10. We've had a number of guys st- stop by, spend the night in El Paso, check out the shop, and then keep driving spring training or whatever. Kirk Gross with us now from Overfly Sports. How does that sound? It's, it's, it's going to take a little getting used to, but, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but it's great. Now, here's a question for you. Okay, you mentioned Manny Machado. That's the biggest name for Overfly Sports. Mm -hmm. Say somebody in El Paso wants to own Manny Machado's bat that he swings within the games. Will he be able to go to your El Paso uh, facility and and, and buy one and and just, you know, pay whatever it costs and say he can own Manny Machado's bat? Yeah, he can. Anyone can come into the shop. We, We have over 250 different models. Um, and that's what they're on. So Manny's model is called the MY13, and we make that model, um, you know, we've made it for a while, but uh, not under, obviously, the Overfly brand. So now it's it's his model with his brand that he swings. Fantastic. So if you tell, if, you, if somebody wants to come in and say, hey, Kurt, I, I, want, I want a Manny Machado gamer, like he would swing, you could actually do that and go to the cages and hit with it. And you could say, hey, you're, you're swinging Manny Machado's bat. They may want to hit the weights. A little bit before they try that, but yeah, what's the big, uh, what is the specs bat. on that bat? What are we talking about? Uh, thirty-four inches, thirty-two. He has thirty-two ounces and then thirty-one point five ounces as well. So he swings with two different models of that bat. The same model, different weights. Okay, so as far as the uh, the weight, is it just that when he's going up against maybe against more of like an off-speed thrower, somebody that doesn't throw as hard, he'll swing the thirty-two, and then when somebody throws a little harder, he'll switch back to the thirty-one and a half. You know, I I think it's just feel for many. A lot of times, uh, like most players. When we hear it all the time. You know, the, it's a long, long season. So uh, a lot of guys will will uh, bring their weight down a little bit when they need to, um, when they're feeling a little tired or a little sluggish. Um, or, I mean, we know guys that swing totally different models. If mm-hmm. switch hitters from the left side, right side, it's, you know, baseball, it's a little quirky. Will you continue to produce the same, um, you know, you said 250 bats, especially for the kids? As well as for adults, will you still continue to produce the same bats like you have before with the Overfly Sports brand? Will you produce more now that you've combined and have even more variety for people to choose? Yeah, it's going to be more. To That's the simple answer. We had some um, distinctive models, proprietary models, if you will, that we, uh, that we crafted for under the Parable brand. Um, you know, let's take uh, Brian De La Cruz, for example. Or CJ Hinojosa, both guys now with the, with the Marlins. CJ was here. Your listeners may remember with the Padres last year and with the Chihuahuas. Uh, got to see him play. He had a great season. Um, he just signed a free agent deal with the Marlins, so I think he'll be in the mix for the for the infield with them. But those are both two models that we crafted specifically for those two players that now transcend over to to Overfly. Oh, that's good. Um, you've always been very, very reasonable and affordable when it comes to your custom bats that you were producing in the past when this was yours. Will you be changing the pricing since you're merging now with Overfly, or will you be able to keep your uh, custom bats that you designed for people priced uh, in a similar fashion? Yeah, the pricing will stay the same. I mean, interestingly, we we all get our wood from the same mill. So, um, you know, as as the mill adjusts their pricing, then obviously we had to adjust ours. A lot of that was, was due to COVID. But hopefully things will normalize here a little bit and our price will stay the same. Oh, that's good stuff. 
All right. Quarter past. Uh, Kirk Rose with us here as we continue on Sports Talk from Overfly Sports. And uh, Kurt uh, brought a couple of bats. We'll talk about them next. We'll talk about uh, what the spring and the baseball season will be like for him. If you've got any questions, 505-6009. You can get right on in and through to the program as Sports Talk continues. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk, 20 past the hour. Kurt Gross with us from Overfly Sports, formerly known as Powerball Bat Company. But if you're just joining us, Kurt made the announcement earlier in the hour that uh, he's they've been acquired. It's the best way to put it. And not for a bat to be named later. We now know that Overfly Sports is the company That's that right. uh, Kurt's working with you. You brought a couple of uh, a sample bats with you. I thought these were very cool. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about these bats? Yeah, so you were talking about Manny Machado's custom model. Um, and like I mentioned, we have s- hundreds of, of custom models. Every player um, likes to put their little stamp on things, make a little change here or there. And when okay. you do that, that's a, a special model, right? And so what I have, what I brought with me here is the new model that we, uh, that we fabricated for C.J. Abrams for the season. Um, C.J., I'm not sure anyone knows really, but he's known as the alien. So, um, and that came when he was little playing, uh, you know, youth baseball, his coach, uh, CJ would make plays that were quote unquote out of this world. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, he was nicknamed the alien. So, uh, in true fashion, this model, it's got kind of a distinctive knob, the, where the, uh, originally was going to fit in his hand. Now his hand will go on top of it, but it's got almost like a little alien head and on the, uh. On the end of the knob, it's got engraved in there a little alien, his little alien logo I like that he'll that. be unveiling this year. That's very cool. And by the way, you've been with uh, CJ uh, really ever since he was coming up the Padres system and was here in El Paso. And it's pretty cool when you can have that kind of a relationship the last couple of years, isn't it? Oh, it's no doubt. The, the El Paso Chihuahuas have been absolutely fantastic for us. Um, in order to get your MLB license, you need a quote-unquote sponsor one of the big league clubs to say, hey, we're going to vouch for these guys and see how it goes. And the Padres did that for us, thank God, and, and we were able to, to get the license. Um, but we've worked with CJ, like you, like you mentioned, ever since he was down here in El Paso. That's where I met him and his dad. His dad is uh, instrumental in his career. He helps him as his hitting coach. And um, we, we've played with a couple different models. Um, but, yeah, the, the very first bat um, we created for CJ – was a spinoff of the Jeff McNeil model, which, again, is a very distinctive uh, handle. Uh, and he went, I think, five for five with a couple bombs that game. So ever since then, he's been swinging uh, Powerball and now Overfly. Awesome. Uh, James, at Cards Fan El Paso, just tweeted the show, that's awesome. I need to swing through there. <laughs> do they do tours? Absolutely, we do. Right now is probably not the best time for the tour because we'll be in, in spring training uh, off-site. But um, if you want to call us at the shop uh, anytime, you're welcome to come by. We love having people uh, through the shop. A lot of people have never seen what it takes to make a baseball bat. So when they learn about it, it people think, oh, it's just pe- a piece of wood. And when they see the science and technique and all the work that goes into it, they're amazed. But, how, yeah, I'd love to have them. How do they find the phone number for the shop? They can call us at 915-203-2225. Good job. Way to go, Kurt, with that. I like that. That is is terrific. Um, You also brought a custom-painted bat, which is fun because if our listeners remember 
last year, right before Fernando Tatis was found, uh, you know, and, and popped with uh, steroids, when we thought that he was going to be here in El Paso, possibly playing a rehab game before he was activated, um, you had an artist with you in yeah. our uh, in our studios. The two of you were painting his custom shoes. That's right. Um, and now. He's on his way back in April. Could be here in El Paso for all we know. It's very maybe, possible. Maybe, maybe. But you and 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 your and and your your artist uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, you guys have teamed up for a very special painted bat. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned before, the WBC is happening in March, and we have a number of players that swing overfly that will be playing in the WBC. One of which is Lars Nupar, which is a great story because his mom is Japanese, so he'll be uh, playing for Team Japan in the WBC. And um, so we wanted to make, while the the MLB um, sanctions uh, apply to the WBC in terms of the the bat colors, etc., we wanted to do something special for Lars and and for him playing on Team Japan. So uh, we made a a custom bat for him and his model, but then Jonathan Rosowski was able to adorn it with incredible artwork reflecting the the Japanese cherry blossoms, and that was important to Lars and his mom, and uh, just something really, really neat. So I had the the opportunity to show him. He hadn't seen it, so I went to uh, Florida over the last weekend and presented it in person and uh, got to uh, see him, spend some time with him, and, and hand the bat over. What was it like uh, meeting Newtbar for the first time? It was great. You know, we text and talked uh, a lot during the offseason. Uh, we're playing with a couple of different things on, on his model, um, and we've fine-tuned a, a few things and felt real good about it. But as much as we've talked and text over the last, uh, you know, 18 months or so, uh, it was great to finally meet him in person. It was it was kind of funny. I was I had the opportunity as I was waiting for Lars to sit with uh, Ozzy Smith for about an hour, waiting for, for Lars to finish up his work on the field. And uh, so Ozzy actually is the one that gave Lars the bat, uh, joking that he had just been hitting with it in the cage. So that was a pretty fun moment. Will you be making a special bat for Ozzy since you had a chance to talk to him for an hour? Not right now. We're a little busy making everything for the season. Um, I'd love to see him again, and we had a great time uh, talking with him and his son Dustin. Um, he he sure looks like he could keep swinging it. I'll tell you that much. Well, maybe, maybe a backflip too. I don't know. There you go. Just ask him for his dimensions, what he likes to swing, and before you know it, uh, you could have an Ozzy Smith model waiting for him. Well, it was the funny thing when I came by and he saw it. He grabbed it out of my hand right away, and he said, "You know, tell me about this." So he said, "We didn't do any of this when I was playing. He just grabbed a piece of wood and went up to bat." Yeah, exactly. But now things have changed a, a, a lot. lot. How was uh, how was your uh, tour through the Grapefruit League in Florida? Well, it was it was really really quick. Um, I was uh, surprised there weren't as many hitters there uh, like there are in Arizona. It seems like uh, players descend in it, uh, upon the uh, complexes pretty early in Arizona. I know guys that have been out there for months already. Uh, but in Florida, it's a little different. I got to, to see all of our guys were, were there that I needed to. Um, but not everyone was, was there. I was a little early. Kurt, apparently um, our boss called the hotline just now while we were talking about the uh, trip to uh, to the Grapefruit League. Adrian, what did uh, what did Brad ask uh, for Kurt? Well, he wants a customized bat for us <laughs> for either 600 ESPN El Paso or something, or KLEQ maybe. I, I think we can make that happen for sure. That would be cool, especially, uh, you know, Brad's colors. We can do that. That would be uh, that would be a lot of fun. All right. Um, uh, by the way, he did ask, also wants to know, what's next after bats? What, what else you have uh, in store? Bats is the major thing. 
But what else uh, could be in line uh, as you continue to expand? Yeah, I think the the natural thing is gloves. Um, we've talked about that for quite a while. There, there's all kinds of accessories, uh, back grips. Um, then I think you know, if you ask me, in the next couple of years, I would I would say we'd probably expand into the composite bats, metal bats. Um, that's the the natural progression. I think that opens up lots of doors for youth leagues and tournaments and those kinds of things too. At the same time, um, you know, you've spent so much time with wood. Can you even imagine when you start to dive into the world of composite um, and and alloys and 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 ultimately what these bats now are, are being made of for for kids? I I really can't. You know, my my grandfather was a carpenter, so you know. Um, Always working with wood and stuff in our hand, in my hands was was something we did ever since I was little. Um, metal bats—that's a science. Um, I think it's just really important to to work with the right people in that regard. I I certainly couldn't do it. No. Meanwhile, uh, you mentioned you're busy right now because of making all these bats. And how many are you going to be producing over about the next month or so to get everybody ready for the season? Well, most of the stuff for spring training is already done, and guys that um, that use our bats exclusively have already ordered a couple dozen, so they should be good at least through the first month or so of the season Okay, through spring training. Um, I would say in the next 30 days, we probably will do uh, probably about 3,000 bats in, in the next 30 days. Is that just here, or is that uh, throughout the whole operation? No, that's through the whole operation. But, you know, things are things are growing like crazy. In fact, Alex, my, my partner at Overfly, he's in uh, Tucson right now meeting with the Korean national team, and, and there's a few uh, Korean teams uh, in Arizona right now. He's meeting with them right now. We sell a lot of bats in, in Korea. Um, so he's both, both professional and, and retail. Uh, throughout the country, and and he's working with those organizations right now. So just when you think things are slowing down in one aspect of the business, things are going crazy in another aspect. So there really isn't a slow time. What's the biggest bat trend we're going to see in 2023, in your opinion, just based on everything you know so far? Well, I think as as players become popular, as players have success, um, those models tend to, players, especially young guys, tend to gravitate towards those models. So uh, Ronald Acuna uh, model is a very popular one right now. Uh, it's great as a as a bat manufacturer because it's a, a nice piece of wood, dense piece of wood to make that model. Um, so I think those are the types of things, those models of the up-and-coming players, um, I, I expect those to gain in popularity again. Um, I, I think more of a, uh, instead of a, a big, large barrel, um, I think more of a, a medium-sized barrel and a denser piece of wood, I think uh, players are going to gravitate towards, you know, moving forward. Um, there's, so, there's so much happening in terms of analytics right now and the science mm-hmm. of, um, of, of bats. In fact, we just partnered with a company called Longball Labs, um, and we're excited to partner with them. Uh, they did some initial testing for, for Lars Nupar as well. Um, we're excited to, to, to work with a company like that that brings a, a lot of science to uh, bat making and, and seeing what the performance, uh, what that means to the performance and consistency uh, for the player. Bottom of the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. We'll wrap up our chat with Kurt Gross next. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Thank you very much. Back with Kurt Gross right now. This came in from Brian in downtown. Ask Kurt what his title is with his new company. 
It's a good point. We haven't asked you that. What What is your title with uh, with Overfly Sports? What are you? Uh, I guess I'm a batologist. I, I I don't know. I'm the officially I'm the head of U.S. operations, so the U.S. operations manager. You're Batman. I'm Batman. Right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Head of U.S. operations. That's yeah. good. And then your partner is the head of Mexico operations. He's uh, he's the majority owner. Uh, obviously, in the in the sale, I I I am a partner. I'm am an owner in Overfly. Uh, but yeah, Alex is. Um, He's intimately involved with what's happening uh, in Mexico and manages the, the shop in Los Mochis. So how many um, guys right now on the 40-man roster would you say you have under contract? Uh, under contract, probably about a dozen. Maybe. I don't know. That's a great question. I haven't added them up. It's been, honestly, this offseason has just been crazy. Um, but we do make uh, a lot more. Uh, bats on the 40, 40 man roster guys that are not under contract and I think um, that's another trend that I see less fewer and fewer guys signing contracts and quite honestly that's great for us I'd rather them swinging our bats because they like them not because they have to and that's probably what you would rather do if you knew that your bats are so popular that people want to use it and not necessarily sign the contract and lock them down and I'll give you a great example when Fran Reyes came up uh, he started swinging powerful bats and with Cleveland hitting the longest home runs we had ever seen out of that ballpark. And it just seemed like that he was doing so well with those bats. He's not swinging them anymore, but no. when he when he was probably having the most success he had as a big leaguer, Powerball was was his bat of choice. Yeah, we made a lot of bats for Framil. In fact, I have a picture in the shop of him swinging one um, right before COVID hit. It was the last game of spring training, and it's a great shot because he's watching it go over Mike Trout's head in center field. That was two one of two home runs he hit that particular day. But, yeah, I mean – that's one of the things you get to know a lot of different players and, and it didn't work out with Framil. I'm sure he found a back company that paid him a lot more than we could afford to, to pay him. Um, but if that's what it took to, to, to swing the bats, maybe we weren't the right company for him in the long run. Some players are under contract and they still swing your bats. That's another interesting storyline. Yeah, I think um, over the last few years, we've had players under contract with other companies, not to mention them, Louisville. Right. Um, but, you, you know, the nice subliminal message you're going to like. You yeah. know, I think COVID has presented a lot of challenges for not just us, for all bat makers. Um, we were small enough at the time where we were still paying a lot of attention to the quality of the wood that we were getting. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we all get it from the same mill, but um, we we paid very close attention to that. So as it, wood got tight, I think you saw a lot of broken bats in, in MLB last year. Um, uh, and, and broken in very odd ways, and I think that was just with the lack of attention—not so, not our bats, thank God—but lack of attention on on what the what kind of wood they were sending out to pro guys. And you know, we're small enough where we kept an eye very closely on on what we had coming in and out of the shop, and uh, we earned a lot of players that way because um, they were complaining about the quality of the wood that they were getting from from other manufacturers and wanted to try our stuff, and, and we were able to convert them. Are the hockey puck bat handles still popular in baseball? They are, and I, I think we'll see that for a little bit. Um, it certainly isn't for everyone. So um, we talked about Lars Nupar earlier. He tried the hockey puck, and it just didn't work out for him, and it's different. Another El Paso and Daryl Ernais was came to our shop. Actually, he was in our shop the day he got traded. Um, he wanted to try the hockey puck knob, and um, – you know, he didn't like switching back and forth. Um, he wasn't committed fully to it. 
Um, so he just didn't like the, the going back and forth between the weight distribution from a hockey puck knob bat versus a non-hockey puck knob. And I think uh, Paul Goldschmidt is one of the ones that tried it, did very well with it. Nolan Arenado did two out in St. Louis, and the next yeah. thing you know, it, it gets popular. Absolutely, absolutely. And for those guys, it may work great, you know, um, but it's not for everyone. So I think it's kind of one of those things where you have to try it. Uh, definitely changes the the weight distribution and how the bat feels, but it certainly isn't for everyone. What is your favorite model bat? If you had to pick one of all the bats you manufacture and make, what's your number one favorite bat? Yeah, I'd say it's a classic 271 model, so classic Louisville Slugger model. Um, It's been around forever. Um, Great balance bat. Uh, I'm not a big guy, so you're not going to, you know, I'm not going to do well with the with a big and loaded bat. So 271 is my bat of choice. Have you ever made a Babe Ruth bat just to see what it would feel like if you tried to swing it like he did all those years ago? I probably couldn't lift Babe Ruth's. <laughs> I think it would be the same length and, and weight that the actual billet comes to us now. I mean, they were swinging tree trunks back then for yep. sure. Well, it's still uh, pretty cool stuff. So you're going to be heading out to uh, Arizona here in the weeks to come. And uh, you got the WBC, you got uh, spring training in the Cactus League. And uh, also, you got uh, a couple of kids playing ball. Let's talk about that. You've got one yeah. at EPCC and one at Coronado. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And like you said, it's going to be uh, crazy managing the schedule for sure. Um, Jackie, my little guys uh, on the JV team at Coronado, they've got something really special happening on, on that team. They've got uh, about six players that have grown up together playing and uh, seeing that uh, develop into high school has, has been fun to watch, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be uh, a great team to reckon with in the coming years for sure. And my other son Will is is a left-handed pitcher. He just came back to EPCC this year, um, and I would invite uh, anyone in El Paso if you want to see some great baseball, come out to El Paso Community College in the Tejano, see what they're doing out there. Coach Susie um, has has really. Uh, turn that program around they're on a 10 game winning streak and i don't care what level of baseball you you're playing youth all the way up to pros if you can put 10 wins together in a row you've got something special going on and um it's been really good to see um what coach susie is doing there and and you've got some really talented kids on that team so getting to see will uh pitch a little bit uh here in el paso that's great it was a little hard last year he was at, at Blinn college outside houston so we had to watch a lot on the internet but getting to see him pitch live is is fun and uh certainly wouldn't want to face him that's for sure kurt enjoyed the conversation it absolutely flew by as it always does congratulations on the sale i'm looking forward Thank to uh, a lot of good good uh, things uh, with you now in overfly sports and look forward to going back into the factory checking everything out and uh, and seeing you again real soon you guys are always welcome thanks for having me kurt gross folks uh, again from overfly sports the U.S. What do what you know? The uh, you're the United States uh, Director uh, Overseeing Bats. What is exactly the title? Give it to me Bat- again. Batologist. Let's just stick with that. Let's just stick with that. PhD in bats. Yeah. Uh, for the United States. I like that. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Very nice. Uh, we will come back. Wrap up hour number two in a moment. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. And uh, on our free mobile app where you can listen to the show and chat with us in real time. I love that. That's, uh, to me, uh, what it's all about, folks. really is. So uh, a lot of good topics. We'd love to hear from you. A lot of baseball in the first two hours between Jay Jaffe and Kirk Gross. But a lot of good reasons why we're talking about everything and uh, 
So cool. Uh, really happy to hear that he's sold uh, the bet business, but partnering with another company. And how about that? How about the fact you can go into the store and uh, tell Kurt that you want the Manny Machado uh, game model and uh, he'll produce it for you? That is so cool right there. And he's right. I mean, they've worked with so many great players who are playing on a, on a night-to-night basis in the majors, which is so cool. And, in the, of course, in the minors and all levels. But it's so neat to see Kurt and this company really take off, go on the international level between Mexico and the U.S. I love this. I I think it's so cool that they're making this next step uh, in, in this new venture. No, you're right. Uh, it is terrific. Hey, what's your take on all the news about the Pac-12 possibly um, joining forces with Apple and putting games on Apple Plus as part of their new media rights deal? Right. I saw this. Uh, I would tell you that everybody, uh, to, to just show you how few people actually have Apple TV, uh, when it came to Aaron Judge's uh, home run record, we were worried we would miss the home run record because he had there were a couple of Yankees games on Apple TV. Everybody was wondering at that time, wait, when did Apple TV get Major League Baseball? And that's just one of those things. If, if Apple TV gets Thursday night and Friday night Pac-12 football, sure, that's fine. I'm cool with that. But if you're telling me that you're getting the marquee games on Saturday, no, I, I don't think it'll work whatsoever simply because no one will watch it. People don't have that kind of subscription. And And the fact is, is that to me, if they get a media rights deal that's good, it'll keep the league together. But if they don't and teams start to bail and go to the Big 12 and the Big 10 and ultimately the league crumbles and some teams even get uh, – schools get absorbed by the Mountain West, um, you know, that would be the worst-case scenario. Best-case scenario is San Diego State and Fresno State go from the Mountain West to the Pac-12 – to replace USC and UCLA, which could free up two spots and possibly put UTEP in the conversation again for the Mountain West. Now, UTEP has done nothing in the last year to make themselves appealing to the Mountain West, other than the fact that everybody and their mother knows they want to go back there. And, you know, when you're trying to replace schools that leave, you're probably looking at uh, good proximity as far as replacements. Um, You know, it'd probably be wishful thinking more than anything, Adrian, but I'm still very interested to see how the Pac-12 dictates what will either be the Mountain West losing schools or gaining schools if the Pac-12 disbands. I would say that when it comes to the Pac-12 right now, everything is on the table because the fact that they lost uh, two schools in USC, UCLA, so they're probably looking at all the different markets, whether it's San Diego, uh, UNLV, maybe they try to bust, uh, you know, burst into the Las Vegas market knowing how big gambling and sports is right now or you know some of the other possibilities like uh, uh, I'm just you know there's a lot of different ones across the Mountain West like a Boise State or a Gonzaga even outside the Mountain West who would be interesting candidates for a possible uh, merger into the Mountain West I mean into the Pac-12 and then uh, freeing up some room for the Mountain West I still wonder about Gonzaga just because they don't play football yeah me too but they have a a killer basketball program they sure do all right El Pedro Grande Tequila is coming up next. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. We continue. You just heard from Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Adrian, how great is it that we get to go from baseball bats to tequila? Is this not the greatest transition ever? And we never get a chance to talk about tequila on the show. Steve, that's what makes today so special. I love it. It is so true. I mean, listen, I I love tequila. You love tequila. El Paso loves tequila. And El Pedro Grande is the latest... 
Uh, and right now, it is doing so many big things in this community, and it's available now uh, in El Paso, and it's receiving awards. And we've got Crystal Myrick here with us from El Pedro Grande Tequila. Welcome. Great to see you, and thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you for having me. I, what an honor to be here. I'm really excited to chat about this tequila with you all. Uh, we're excited that it's finally here, here home in El Paso. I love dogs. And you brought a dog. You brought a dog that happens to have tequila inside. That's even better. Absolutely. I think uh, sometimes we still surprise people that uh, El Perro Grande, I think you obviously get the idea that a dog is involved. But when you bring out the bottle, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's a chihuahua. It's a ceramic chihuahua with a bunch of El Paso little tattoos or labels, if you will. So but yeah, I've always got my dogs with me. So think about this for a second, Crystal. This it's 10 years ago. The chihuahuas are born. And I'll never forget it because I was live on location and there was so much backlash from that announcement. I, I thought my listeners were going were gonna to have a mutiny on the radio that day. It was, it was just, it was crazy. People said, I'll never go to a baseball game here. How could they do this? What a laughing stock. What would you do? Meanwhile, it becomes the team of the year. Uh, they sell more merchandise than anybody else. They have been now going strong 10 plus years. And here we go. We've got a Chihuahua designed uh, tequila. Now, nothing to do with the Chihuahuas. It's, this is just El Perro Grande, but it's amazing how this this dog has now led to even tequila here in El Paso. Yes, absolutely. So n- no, nothing to do with the chihuahuas here, but everything to do with El Paso and uh, being a rebel and overcoming hardship and really making something of yourself. So it's, a, it's really about El Paso's culture and uh, being small but yet mighty. When did this tequila really, uh, I want to say when was it born, but when did the idea first come around that led to El Pedro Grande? Well, you know, I think it was absolutely born. Uh, I think it was uh, Renard Johnson and woke up one day and uh, realized that he fell in love with tequila. And this was in 2019 when he uh, had an aha moment, why not moment. Um, let's make something really awesome for El Paso and see how far he could take uh, running a building and creating a tequila and making something out of it. So here we are, almost four years later, um, when uh, Renard took an idea that was really a classic story of an idea on a napkin and brought it to life and uh, really wanted to do something passionate for El Paso and uh, bring something positive for for El Paso. Okay, so... Renard Johnson gets an idea that he wants to to make tequila, um, which I think is 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 phenomenal because other El Pasoans have done this as well, but they haven't lasted. That's the hardest part is to make it and then uh, allow this to to become something that can grow and last. So, unfortunately. You really can't produce tequila in El Paso. You got to go to Mexico for that, right? That's correct. That's correct. So what you have inside of this bottle uh, is 100% blue agave tequila from Jalisco. So um, Renard really and the team really took their time creating and trying to find someone that would work with us to create something that would last for El Paso. So we found ourselves at the uh, largest, uh, fourth largest agave farm in Jalisco. It's also the most awarded distillery in all of Mexico. So uh, the master distiller there really worked with us one-on-one, hand-in-hand to create a proprietary recipe just for El Paso, just for this bottle. Man, Mm -hmm. Uh, we're talking to Crystal Myrick right now. I've never been to Jalisco. Explain Mm -hmm. a little bit what it's like, especially with the agave farm. And, you know, it's it's known as really the, the home of tequila in general. So when you first went and had a chance to see everything, how do you even describe what that's like? Oh, my gosh. Magic? Magical? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you just get engulfed in the culture immediately. Um, the culture there, too, is a lot like here in El Paso. It's They take you in. They want to share everything that they have. Uh, what makes it so unique? 
unique. It's very highly regulated. So it's it's really cool to be uh, immerse yourself into that experience. Um, and our distillery did just that. So um, I, to me, one of my favorite parts about Jalisco is just the, the agave absolutely everywhere. You have little baby uh, agave on the side of the road and these monster mama plants too. Um, they're everywhere and they have just such a unique color and the aroma that you experience when you're there. It's really um, something something special. When you watch the process and see how it goes from taking the agave plant and uh, allowing it to uh, ferment and and uh, you know uh, turn into a product like this, uh, is that something that you would never really imagine until you see the operation firsthand? It's kind of hard to wrap your head around it until you see it with your own eyes. Um, you know, you know that some people know the steps to creating a tequila, but really for, for us, it, we go as deep as where our agave is picked from. So in this bottle, we have uh, agave from the highlands and the lowlands of Jalisco. We really wanted a certain flavor profile that comes from both of those. So to look at the actual farms that our agave comes from and then watch the process and go through the process of it um, coming in through the autoclaves being cooked and the distillation process and um, we get to tour the barrel rooms and really see firsthand um, every step that's when you really you wow we've got something here and this is a this is a big deal so mm-hmm. when you're talking about highlands and lowlands in mm-hmm. Jalisco essentially when you want the perfect tequila like this do you almost have to try to put a blend together so you can get both flavor profiles, put them, uh, you know, match them up, and then it comes out like this? So it's preference, uh, and that was certainly our preference. We were looking for um, our motto here is uh, more bark, less bite. Okay. So we were looking to create something that was incredibly smooth, easy to drink, um, approachable for everyone. Um, those. T- tequila connoisseurs and maybe those uh, entry levels. So for us, it was important for us to use the highlands and the lowlands because we wanted that balance. Um, That's not for everybody, but for us, that was a a key to our recipe. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something else I was going to ask you is when you take the agave and you need to, uh, you know, put it into the barrels after you get the process, how long do you age it? What's the aging process like when uh, you're talking about the, the different kinds of tequila that you have. Sure. So our Reposado, um, for those of you that have seen the bottle out there, it's the the dog with the red labels. Um, our Blanco is the one with the blue. Our Repo spends at least six months in American white oak barrels that were previously used in a Tennessee bourbon. Um, no more than 12. So um, reason we chose to go with the Tennessee, uh, used Tennessee bourbon barrels, because um, that company takes the astringency, that harsh oak note out of the barrels, and then we get a little bit of that residual left over, and it's really proprietary like really influential over our flavor profile. So um, yeah, six to 12 months on the repo. And then uh, next year, you guys have to stay tuned because we'll be dropping an extra Añejo that spends a minimum of three years in those barrels. So that's oh, a wow. big, big boy. And that's probably why the extra Añejo is not out yet because the aging process takes time. And since this tequila is still in its infancy, you can't just immediately produce the extra añejo. It, it, it takes a little more time. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, um, that's so interesting that you're using um, barrels from bourbon barrels. Because yeah. if, you, you're, if you're using barrels but they don't have that, that bourbon uh, flavor or they haven't been used for that, 
the, the flavor profile is going to be completely different, isn't it? Exactly. And, and if you take those American white oak barrels and just use them brand new, uh, you get you take on a lot of that oak. And mm-hmm. there, it adds a little bit more of a dry texture to the tequila. So we were going for something smooth and uh, approachable. So for us, we found that um, after sampling and really going through the whole process, we found that those American white oak barrels just used uh, previously, they only use them for about six months before we get them. Um, that was perfect for what we were looking for. Oh, it sounds it's mm-hmm. it sounds outstanding. Now, um, as somebody who enjoys drinking tequila, um, I, I don't like to shoot it. I like to sip it. I like that. I like to enjoy it. I do not like um, lime. I do not like salt. I like to just drink straight tequila, uh-huh. not chilled like some of my friends like to do it. I just, you know, just write this straight and, and neat and enjoy that. And I think that I, I really believe that that was the way it was intended to be consumed, especially if there's not a lot of bite and it is very smooth because why should you take great tequila and put it in a drink if you can just enjoy the flavor profile by itself? Absolutely. Absolutely. So with our Blanco tequila, uh, we really took some time to make um, create a way for that Blanco to be r- super smooth. So our Blanco has that super fresh agave, but also citrus notes, some minerality from the valley floor. You get a lot. You can really taste the flavor profiles from the where we source are the agave. But then there's a little bit of a vanilla note, so it makes it really enjoyable. So you can just sip it. Um, but don't get me wrong. It blends beautifully into a margarita, and we know everybody loves that. Really, the Reposado is where you can just sip on that all day long. No, nothing needed. Okay, so the repo is the best to sip. And if you are going to use it in a drink, then go with the silver because the Blanco, because that is probably more for that process. Although if you want to drink it straight up, yeah. you're not going to have a problem with it either. Yeah, that's pretty much our recommendation. We find, uh, and don't, we have a cocktail, a signature cocktail of our own called Ai Ai. Um, mm. You know, a little tip of the hat back to El Paso too, because uh, especially after a few of them, they get you feeling a little Ai Ai. Um, but it's essentially a um, lime juice, agave, pineapple, and a little bit of cinnamon. So um, with those, the pineapple and the cinnamon really accentuate the flavor profiles of our Reposado. So nice. this guy still blends well in a cocktail, too, just kind of what you put with it. Now, the Blanco, on the other hand, Palomas, Margaritas, um, yeah, it really lends itself to a lot of things. So, Crystal, when El Pedro Grande comes out and then you start to um, – compete for certain awards which you've been able to win is that when you really knew you had something special or you didn't even need the awards to know that was happening so uh, I think it kind of goes a little way. We worked so hard on it. I think we, we knew we had something great, but, um, you know, that validation goes a long way. So I'll tell you a quick story. Um, we had the tequila ready to rock. Uh, we were waiting on our bottles. So we kind of got, this was in um, 2020, or 2022, excuse me. Um, we were waiting for our bottles to bottle and launch and everything. So uh, in the meantime, we were like, you know what? Let's just submit this to the San Francisco World Spirit Competition just to see what we're working with. So we were thrilled when our Blanco, our, our Repo, and the bottle design it itself uh, won a silver medal. So we, we got, we were so thrilled to bring this home finally to El Paso, but we got to bring him home with some awards. So um, yeah, I think that validation went a long way for us because we, uh, we worked really hard to make something great, but I'm glad that, uh, you know, some professionals out there think it's pretty good too. So the bottle itself, now, do you have the bottle in, is it in 750 uh, milliliters and also 375? Are those the two sizes, like the small and the larger bottle? So currently, we have only released a 750 milliliter. So that's the one we're working with right now. Um, but I'll give you a little teaser. We are we are looking to release um, some smaller sizes later this year. So you'll have, a, we're looking at doing a half bottle and even a 100 ml. 
Oh, really? Yeah, so like a double shot. Oh, very And cool. boy, are they adorable. Like, I, I believe it. But it's got to be hard because if you're still trying to produce ceramic in those sizes, it's a little bit more of a challenge, isn't it? So it is. Um, but, you know, we have a great manufacturer and, um, you know, they were able to pull something together. And it's unbelievable how crystal clear the labels still are. And it's just a perfect little mini version of, of the main dog. So. And, and when you finish the tequila, then you have to keep the bottle because it makes for a great uh, item to, for decor purposes, right? I am starting to have quite the pack. I have yet to throw away a bottle. I won't lie. I have put one in the trash and it just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I, nope, I have not thrown any of them away because they are um, they are really special. They're a really cool bottle. So um, yeah, I definitely hang on to everyone that I have. So Crystal is the, now the operations in Jalisco, about how many bottles are you producing right now in terms of uh, your sales? So with being a startup company and really not knowing what to expect with this, we, we knew, we, we thought we had a pretty good idea that El Paso would love us, but um, Texas ended up loving us too. So uh, we were fortunate enough, uh, we did launch in El Paso and it's going great El Paso, but we have also launched um, in retail in um, the metros in Texas too. So Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. Um, so with that, we originally were going to launch with about 3,000 bottles and that uh, our projections were about like that should have lasted us at least six to eight months we sold it in three weeks really? so we are already um already technically uh, sold out a distribution on our second batch so we're uh, already around six thousand bottles and, and currently bottling more as we speak so wow. um the production and everything uh, they're equipped to keep up with us and uh el paso in texas we're drinking a lot of tequila so um yeah we've been doing great is it just in Texas right now, or is it in New Mexico, and are there plans to expand into other states? Uh, just Texas now, but we are actively working to activate New Mexico and Arizona. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and where in El Paso can people find uh, the El Pero Grande tequila? So uh, any of your your go-to retail store, um, Specs, Total Wine, Western Beverage, Juanitos, any of the ba- um, little guys, too, they've been really great to us. Um, like I said, we've already kind of sold out of distribution. So if you're uh, seeing some out of stocks, uh, you might have to call around because uh, some Specs or some other accounts um, have a little bit more than others. Okay. And other than that, um, we've had a lot of great uh, bar and restaurant support, too. Oh, that's good. So you can find it in, in, in local uh, establishments as well as in the uh, stores. Yes, yes. So check the back bar. Uh, you can't miss him. You can't miss this guy, huh? No, you, no, you can't. It's, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Now, as far as you said, coming up, you mentioned uh, that, uh, will it be later this year or next year, the Extra Añejo? We're looking at 2024 for the okay. Extra Añejo. Is, are there going to be plans to expand into other types of tequila? Will there be a dessert tequila like some companies have? Or will you stick to the big three once those are there and, and not really look to deviate from that as this continues to grow? Because we could have more family. You could have, you could have other dogs in the family. We could have a huge pack by the time it's all said yes. and done. I think we're definitely working towards that. So, yeah, um, some of you t- tequila fans out there might notice that we don't have an Añejo. So we kind of skipped that. And and really, the, uh, the team just wanted to work a little bit more on that and what we wanted our Añejo to, to deliver like. So uh, we are still currently working on that, that flavor profile and what we're looking for there, where we're going to source that agave, how long it's going to age, mm-hmm. in what barrels, so on and so forth. Um, so I think eventually we will be releasing an Añejo, but um, who knows? I mean, with, a, with the tequila world, there's so many things we could do um, from Cristalinos, which is a charcoal filter, back, back to um, a, a Clarity. Uh, so we, we've got a lot of stuff, but we're just, you know, we got to get these guys rocking and rolling and see where it goes. It's uh, pretty exciting. And you come from Las Cruces. So you're from the area. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you have a background, uh, you know, you said uh, before we went on the air, um, hotel, restaurant, uh, hotel, motel, restaurant management. Yes. Um, 
this was a natural for you, wasn't it? Because yes. even though tequila wasn't something you were in before you got involved here, uh, hard to say no once you had a chance to really experience what this product was all about. So I am a level one sommelier, and uh, I, I have a passion for wine, but uh, I've always wanted to be a little bit more hands-on with something. So this was such a blessing for me when it, when I got to, to meet Renard and the team, and they brought me on, and I got to you know really dive in headfirst on a project like this, um, something I believe in, something so awesome. But uh, to my surprise, uh, there's so much that goes hand-in-hand with wine and tequila, the way it's made, um, you know, similar to the way they care for vineyards is very similar to how they care for the agave farms, and um, the production styles, aging, and the flavor profile files that it takes on. Um, so it kind of was a smooth transition for me. Uh, tequila is becoming much more of a craft item. Mm-hmm. And I think people are starting to consume tequila a little bit more elevated level. So I think that's probably pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. Will we see this at Southwest University Park? Yes. And How maybe you won't find it on the concourse, but we are looking up uh, in the club level and in, the, in the suites. That's yes, what I figured. So the, West, so the West Star Bank Club. Yeah, we are and working on that. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, listen, Crystal, it's it's just a it, it matches, right? It's such a given when you're talking about uh, the 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 product, the team, everything about it. It's just it's El Paso. It goes together. Yes, and they were they took to us very quickly. Right at the end, we we managed to launch right at the end, and they brought. Um, they brought in some product right at the end there towards the last season, so I think uh, you'll see a little bit more of it at the, in the West Star area this next season. Last question. What do you enjoy okay. the most about your job? Oh, my gosh. Uh, getting to create something that uh, we believe in. I think um, bringing this – this is the personality. It's almost like a love story to El Paso, and it's bringing the story of El Paso and the culture of who we are and uh, putting it all – wrapping it up in a – really awesome little bottle and delivering that. I think uh, the team and I are really passionate about this culture and what it means uh, to be an El Pasoan and to share that with not only within ourselves, but with the world. Um, so that's my favorite part is getting to uh, share our lovely culture and uh, create something that means something. Have we named the dog yet? Oh, the million-dollar question. Um, uh, our awesome director of operations, Deden Sanchez, she's, she's brilliant, brains behind this whole thing. Um, she's got a little nickname of for him, but she's the only one that is allowed to call him that. So uh, okay. she's this guy's her, her little chucho. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, we've learned a lot. We've learned that next year, Extra Añejo is coming. We've learned that uh, a smaller bottle will be there, uh, two smaller bottles, depending on the size mm-hmm. of choice you want. But we also know that, uh, hey, there's two terrific types, if you're interested, the Reposado and the Silver. It's available mm-hmm. all over town. Yes. It's winning awards. It's the hottest tequila in the city right now, and mm-hmm. it's made right in El Paso with uh, with this company. That, and made in Jalisco, but uh, distributed here through El Paso, which is right. so cool. Yes, locally owned and operated. And I will leave you with a little teaser. Uh, everybody's going to have to stay tuned because we are working on a really great project, uh, a local tasting room to be determined also. Oh, so. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Adrian, how are we going to contain ourselves? Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> we we got to make a trip. It's a field trip for um, Sports Talk. Uh, Crystal, we might have to broadcast live. Yeah. When the tasting room opens. We might need to be there for the uh, for the live broadcast and, and originate and, and have a fun show. Absolutely, be, we would love to have you. Hey, we appreciate mm-hmm. you being here. Thanks so yes. much for the time and Thank thanks you. for uh, thanks for giving us all the details we need to know about mm-hmm. uh, El Pedro Grande Tequila. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And I wish I could roll mm-hmm. my enjoy. R's. I do. I wish I could roll my R's. I could do so much better <laughs> with the word better. I just can't. No, do it. I can't you're doing roll a great it. job. I've I've struggled with it too, to be honest with you. But. Adrian, can you roll your R's? Yes. Give El, me a little. Give it. El Pedro Grande. Thank yeah. you.
Yeah, oh. we're going to have to keep that recording. I know. <laughs> I wish we, we need to take lessons from that, right? Thanks yes. again, Crystal. Thank you. Crystal Myrick, as we continue 22 Pass, let's go to Charlie for traffic. Back with more in a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso.